Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you need to go today to win money. Whether it's live bets during the games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today, betonline.ag, or use the mobile app device and join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. What up, TCK Podders? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Scott Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 435 of the TCK Pod. Today, we are jumping into the NFC South, breaking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. I've got two fantastic guests. I'm very excited to bring them both on. We have an old friend of the podcast, I assume. We've been on for quite a few times uh, with my man, Corey Bushland of Fantasy Stock Exchange. And then we have Dave Stewart coming in as well, who is uh, new to the TCK, but we've been in touch for quite a while as well. So I'm excited to bring them in. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we have limited spots left in the TCK Listener Leagues. If you're interested in getting into our redraft Listener League, we have one spot left for that. It's probably going to go quickly, so reach out. And if we have room, we can slip you in. We also have a couple spots left in our 16-team Guillotine League. I All of the all of the uh, details are in episode 423. I break it all down for you for a good half hour, so go check that out there. But basically, a guillotine league is essentially the the lowest scoring team each week is kicked out of the league, and their team heads into the waiver pool for everybody else to enjoy. The teams at the end are absolutely insane. Get a part of that if you'd like to. We also have an NFL game pick them, which is going to result – in a survivor pool, you pick teams all throughout the season. You pick teams and they lose. You lose a life. Once you lose three lives, you will be out for the season. So get into those. DM me on Twitter at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O, or on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod, or you can email us as well if you'd like to at TCKpod at gmail.com. Let me know if you're interested in any of those. We have limited spots, as I had mentioned, and we would love to get you in if that's something that you are interested in. But again, we have limited spots available. All right, without any further ado, let's bring in our friends for this evening. I want to welcome back my man, Corey Bushland from Fantasy Stock Exchange and Dave Stewart, new to the program, but Dave, it's great to have you as well. Corey, we'll start with you, bro. Great to have you back. I know you've been uh, incredibly busy, not only today, but of course this summer with everything you do, um, you, me, and and Lucas and, and kind of TCK and Stock Exchange go back a couple of seasons here, but it's great to have you back on the pod, man. How has your summer been so far? And uh, tell us a little about your, your day, man, because you uh, grind just as hard as anybody else in the independent space, man. I respect your work. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's been grind 30 today. I've had a number of videos <laughs> going up. We also, I'm doing some things behind the scenes with uh, Roto Underworld this season. So there's some training aspects of things that I had to go through today. So yeah, we're doing good right now. We're kind of just pumping out videos one at a time. This is the prime growth season. If I'm sure you know you've been making podcasts longer than I have for sure. So you know that this time of year, a lot of ears and uh, eyes are on fantasy football content. It's awesome, man. It's great to have you back in. 
And Dave Stewart, my man, at Dave Fantasy on Twitter. Reach out to him, of course. You can hit Corey at Football Stock on Twitter, and he's all over YouTube as well. Dave, it's great to have you on as well, man. You've been busy this last weekend, huh? I think we got you on mute, brother. Sorry, my bad. I no problem. You having me on. I'm fresh back from the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, uh, which was just an insane fun weekend meeting so many people uh and it, it feels good to be here i'm ready to talk some football some fantasy football that's awesome man i appreciate that and unfortunately uh tck was not able to represent this year we actually had our boy dweez in the place uh but bobby and i were not able to make it this year um just life has been crazy uh but i expect to go next year um unscripted here give me maybe two particular highlights personally or something you saw somebody you met uh two quick highlights from the expo this weekend in canton oh wow it's it's hard to narrow it down to two but one of the cool things is a lot of the people who are the quote-unquote big shots in this industry are just regular people and so easy to talk to i was amazed how cool i thought bob harris was with football diehards uh, Denny Carter, I talked to him for a few minutes. He was about one of the most real people I've ever met. Um, it was just cool to to get to know people and talk to people that you think are like these, you know, well-known people. And I mean, they are well-known people, not, not to detract from them, but it was just really cool to have personal conversations with those people and realize like they're easy to talk to and they like to talk about football. You know, this is why they do it. So that's so awesome, man. I've been a musician for a very long time outside of football, and they say not to meet your idols, you know, uh, but I've been blessed to play with a lot of people I've looked up to playing music for years. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out. Some people are not who you want them to be, but more right. often than not, they are. And once you create that connection, have a handshake and a hug, and you're like, man, we're family now, the the relationship just, just blossoms from there. So that's really special. I'm glad you were able to do that. And TCK will be out in full force in 2022 all right gentlemen we got a big one tonight we are just four teams away from wrapping up our long summer long series of team previews we've done every single team in the nfl deep in-depth analysis we've had guests on for nearly every single one of them very excited to wrap this up here we got the buccaneers tonight on Corey's side the panthers here dave is going to break down and of course i'll be somewhere in the middle Corey, let's kick it off with you, brother. Obviously, if anybody watching on YouTube here, looking right behind you, you got, you know, Winfield, uh, Rondé Barber, you got Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, you got a, a Ridley, a Taylor. I mean, you're clearly a Bucks fan here. So why don't you break us down? We'll start up at the top with Sir Brady and uh, per usual, break it down for us. Nothing, no big surprise with Brady, but break it down for us real quick and then we'll get Dave's perspective and get rolling, man. Why don't you kick it off for us? Yeah, and I, I feel like Tom Brady is still one of the more undervalued quarterbacks in fantasy right now. And it's hard to say that about Tom Brady because he's probably <laughs> the biggest name in fantasy football because of who he is and because he's the greatest quarterback to ever lace him up. But he's a guy that a lot of people are undervaluing right now. I see routinely guys like Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, some of these guys that have rushing upside, quote unquote, go over a guy like Tom Brady. And it's it's simply by the fact that we know Tom Brady doesn't run the ball. And I think the overlooked thing about Tom Brady is just how high his passing ceiling is in this offense. We know that he has the best three stack of wide receivers in the NFL with Godwin Evans and Antonio Brown. And a lot of people will hold it against him. Well, he threw 40 touchdowns, nearly 5,000 yards last year, and he still couldn't finish higher than quarterback nine in fantasy. But when you actually look at it, quarterback nine in fantasy last year was 21.87 points per game. And 
that number specifically would have been the quarterback one in 2017 and in 2013. So last year was more so just an outlier year. The fact that we had nine quarterbacks or 10 quarterbacks finish with over 20 fantasy points per game. It's no slight to Brady. He's in the second year of Bruce Arians offense an offense that notoriously is hard to play well in, in your first year. And he came out and threw 40 touchdowns and nearly 5,000 yards. He has his offensive line completely coming back full continuity on that offensive line. Like I said, Antonio Brown, was only on the team halfway through the season last year. Evans came into the season with a hamstring injury. Godwin broke his finger and had a bunch of lower body stuff as well. Gronkowski, another year back in the NFL after a year off. I think the whole offense just screams continuity. And it's pretty hard for me to get a bet against Brady finishing outside the top six, seven quarterbacks this year in fantasy. I love it, man. Continuity hit it on the head. Bobby LaMarco, my co-host, constantly mentions second year in a scheme, which you'd mentioned with Bruce Arians and also the continuity. And you didn't even mention OJ Howard coming back and uh, bringing in um, Bernard as well from Cincinnati, who may or may not be the current version of the quote unquote James White. So very excited about Tom Brady. And I agree with you now with the rushing upside is a thing now in, in fantasy football. Uh, but Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill even are those kind of guys that are still in the upper echelon, even though they don't have that huge rushing floor dave quick thoughts on tom brady no i i feel like that was pretty well nailed i mean i definitely have him as my quarterback seven for for the season and my projections so i'm right in that zone with you you know i mean tom brady's just done it year after year after year and even without the rushing upside you can still count on him to put up good fantasy numbers year in and year out absolutely uh cory really quickly here let's take tom brady Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, those are kind of the upper echelon, non-high upside rushing guys. How would you rank those three? And I'll throw I, Matt Stafford in there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll throw Matt Stafford in there as well. I actually have Ryan Tannehill ranked the highest out of those guys, and mainly due to the fact that uh, historically when we when you bring in a, a high-end wide receiver, you typically see a bump up in pass attempts. Obviously, they brought in Julio Jones. From a practical standpoint, I look at that Tennessee Titans offense and you think, how, how are you going to stop this unit, right? You got Derrick Henry, you have A.J. Brown, you have Julio Jones. And Ryan Tannehill, unlike some of the quarterbacks that you mentioned there, he does have some rushing upside, right? He gets into the end zone about four or five times a year with his legs, and he can put up you know, 200, 300 yards on the ground. So he has a little bit more rushing upside than those guys, which is why I have him a bit higher. But I, I think Tom Brady is, is closely you know followed by that. And then Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford is the way I have it rated. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, the big narrative against him is going to be that he's going to regress from a touchdown perspective. He threw a lot of passing touchdowns, only like 535 pass attempts or something last year. So the passing volume isn't really there for Aaron Rodgers, but I'm still willing to bet on the efficiency of the guy because he's just so damn good. And then Stafford in the new system too. Without Akers in that backfield, they should be throwing the ball a ton in, in Los Angeles. I agree all around on the previous episode. We did, Bobby and I did our studs, duds, breakouts, and sleepers for the AFC South, which we just finished up. And Ryan Tannehill was my breakout. Uh, he's already been, you know, the QB seven last year, um, but he had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Does have the floor, of course, getting Julio Jones as well. So I agree around the horn there. All right, let's move on to the running backs. We have playoff Lenny, but can we get regular season Lenny? Rojo in year three didn't really get much work, and it was in the doghouse constantly as a rookie. Year two, he had some more work, but then got injured down the stretch and COVID issues. And again, bringing in Gio Bernard. Keyshawn Vaughn was somebody fun that we were excited about last year, but he seems to be a distant fourth on the depth chart here. How do you feel about the Buccaneers backfield? And again, why don't you rank those guys for us as well? 
Yeah, this is a backfield that is really I'm going to call this backfield fantasy Advil because you're going to need a, you're going to need some Advil after trying to sort <laughs> through this headache. Like, again, this is my favorite team. So I, I know them well. I know how Bruce Arians operates. And a lot of people think that Bruce Arians lies about his running backs and their roles. He's actually 100 percent honest. So the, the times that he we think he's lying about his running back roles. His running backs let him down. Last year, he came into the season. He was Rojo's my guy. Rojo's my guy. Rojo's my guy. Rojo was his guy, right? He was a top 15 running back before week 14 when he got injured and went out with COVID issues. And then Leonard Fournette obviously started to take over once Rojo was out. The big you know, missing factor, as you mentioned, was Gio Bernard. They didn't have a single third down back on this team last year, and they used Leonard Fournette as a pseudo third down back, if that makes any sense to anybody. But Leonard Fournette was a better pass catcher. He was better in protection than Ronald Jones last year, which is why he was used in that role. But Gio Bernard is far superior to both running backs in that area as a pass catcher and in pass protection. So in my opinion, we got a full-blown committee here. Rojo's going to be splitting work with Lenny on the ground. Gio's going to mix in on third down. We saw in the preseason game, they split the snaps two, two, and two. And Gio got both of the targets in the uh, in the running back core and was on the field for both of the third downs. So in my opinion... I'm avoiding this backfield in any kind of managed season-long league where I have to choose who to start and who to sit. In best ball, I really like this backfield, particularly Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, where they're currently going in the 8th to 10th round on underdog drafts. But in a managed league where you have to make an actual decision on who to start and sit, I think it's going to be a headache week in and week out, and I'm just not going to invest in this backfield from that perspective. Dave, thoughts on the Bucks backfield? I like a lot of what Corey said. I'm a little bit higher on Ronald Jones, I think, than than you seem to be. Um, I have him, you know, in the neighborhood of an RB2, uh, but not even solid, not even solidly in, in the RB2 rankings. So, I mean, he's a flex play probably for me. Uh, but I do, I do believe in Ronald Jones' talent a little more than either of the other guys, but it definitely makes sense that we'll see a lot of Geo in the passing game exactly the way that Corey t- told us. The 2017 season where we saw Leonard Fournette go nuts, or 2018, excuse me, um, a lot of that was based on a huge target volume um, and also, you know, rushing volume in Jacksonville. And then last year, it was Rojo, as you mentioned, till week 14. Lenny Fournette took over at the end of the season, and then playoff Lenny came alive. And to his credit, I mean, he was absolutely dominant in the playoffs. Uh, But again, that was fueled primarily by the just absolute workload and heavy share. We know that Tom Brady not only likes to divide the work in the passing game, but the Patriots for 20 years have usually had kind of a lead dog, but they've always had James White and maybe somebody else to split it up to keep guys fresh. And if that's the case, maybe it's Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette to spell him, and then Geo on passing downs. It does sound like a headache. I do like the uh, <laughs> the Advil reference here. It's, it's probably a backfield I'm staying away from, uh, but man, I was, I'm a sucker for my man James White, so I might look at Gio Bernard in the 13th round or something, um, especially if I need a pass catching running back. But I don't expect James White type numbers necessarily with so many other options in this uh, backfield. 2018, James White was absolutely electric for the Patriots, but he was the primary option that year for the Patriots. I just don't see that with Gio Bernard, but he is an option. All right. The golden nuggets here for the for the Buccaneers and really maybe the most tricky situation, the, the running back's going to be a mess. The wide receivers. Everybody wants Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. Um, I'm a sucker for Tyler Johnson and Dynasty as well, but we can leave him out for sake of conversation. We all want these three wide receivers. Do you go early on Godwin or Evans? If so, which one? Or 
do you punt those guys and go for AB, who used to be in the 10th round just a week or two ago? He's all of a sudden in the 8th, creeping in the 7th. He's no longer becoming a giant value. He's still Antonio Brown. We just unfortunately saw some preseason AB antics that we were hoping were behind us. They're clearly not. I'd like to get your thoughts on that, Corey. And overall, how do you feel about this receiving core here for Tampa Bay? Right. I feel like this is a very moot argument. I see people argue about this on Twitter and, you know, all the time. It's like, oh, do you want Godwin? Do you want Evans? Do you want to take Antonio as, as the latest guy off the board? My answer is, why don't we pick them all? Because this offense to me is going to be top five in pass attempts. We have a quarterback who threw 40 touchdowns last year, nearly 5,000 yards. He's going to rank among the league lead in average depth of target. This is an offense that pushes the ball downfield. So all three of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant. I think all three of them can be top 36 fantasy wide receivers. My best bet in terms of the one that I'm taking the most is Mike Evans. And the reason is, is I, I basically invented a stat a couple of weeks ago called true target value. And the reason I like Mike Evans the most is because when you're trying to sort through wide receiver cores like this one, like the Cowboys, like the Steelers, where you got a lot of talented players and you don't exactly know how to project the targets. We assume certain guys are going to get more targets than the others, but we're not 100% sure. Give me the guy that gets the most valuable targets. And Mike Evans gets the red zone targets, as we saw from his you know, 13, 14 touchdowns that he had last year. We also saw him get the deep targets in the offense last year. So the fact that he's getting those targets from a quarterback who is one of the you know, pushing the ball down the field at one of the highest rates last year in this offense. Give me Mike Evans at 110 targets versus Antonio Brown, maybe at 120, 125 targets, because I know what Evans can do with those targets is going to be a lot more valuable. And from a raw percentage standpoint, a non-valuable target percentage, meaning a target that was not either a red zone target, an end zone target, or a deep target, Mike Evans only had 40% of his targets, whereas Antonio Brown, 52%, Chris Godwin, 64%. So Mike Evans gets those those valuable targets. And if we can kind of project these guys to all be similar in terms of target totals, give me the guy with the most valuable ones. Once Antonio Brown came in full steam about week nine, week 10, when he knocked the rust off, they were all averaging about seven and a half targets per game. Chris Godwin is more of that like high volume PPR guy. Mike Evans, obviously with the touchdown upside and AB somewhere in between. And he was dominant down, down the stretch. Uh, one more time, how would you rank these guys? Is AB that distant third or is it kind of like boom, boom, boom for you? Cause you seem pretty hyped on all three. Yeah, I, I would say AB is a fairly distant third for me because when you look at Godwin and AB, they play a similar role. Godwin's going to be the big slot Larry Fitzgerald, Heinz Ward type role in Bruce Arians offense. I expect him to lead the team in targets. I think he's going to be around 130, 140 targets on the season. Evans and Brown will probably be closer in targets, 115 to 125 for both of those two guys, if I had to guess. But I also could see a world where Evans and Godwin are, are the primary options in this offense. And they they kind of use that third receiver spot because Antonio Brown is almost 34 years old at this point in his career. They're going to use Scotty, uh, Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden. They're going to mix them into the offense. So if I had to guess, I would say that it is a pretty decent gap between Godwin from a target perspective, Evans from a valuable target perspective, and then Antonio Brown. If I had to guess, I would say all these guys are going to fit in between the both of those top two guys in the top 20 wide receivers and Antonio Brown in that 35-37 range in terms of my ranking. So I'd rank them right now, uh, Evans, Godwin, and Brown. And if it's a full PPR league, it's really close between uh, Evans and Godwin. Got it. Dave, thoughts on the uh, Buccaneers wide receiving core, and do you feel the same, or are you punting one of these guys one way or another? 
I'm I'm pretty close to the same, actually. I think Corey has this pretty well covered. You know, I do think that Godwin will have the lion's share of the targets, and therefore I do have him as the first of the three wide receivers. But I uh, Evans is real close behind, and I think I might even have them just a touch higher than Corey does. I think that they both are high end wide receiver twos knocking on the door of a low end wide receiver one. Um, I have Antonio Brown though a little bit further down than you do. I have him in my wide receiver. 40 like 48 range i think some like something like that uh, i'm not looking exactly at my rankings right this second but yeah i do have him as more of a distant third the way that you kind of were describing it sky but i, yeah, I actually have a, evans a wide receiving core you have, I have evans at 12 godwin at 15 and i have brown at 37 so i i said top 20 i was just i didn't know exactly off the top of my head where i had them but yeah i have evans at 12 because i like i said those valuable targets the efficiency of this offense, the fact that he is the primary red zone threat for one of the greatest quarterbacks in the red zone of all time. And the fact that this offense is going to be probably a top three scoring unit in the NFL. And it's one of those rare situations. And I think the Cowboys are also that, that case this year where you're going to get an efficient quarterback and an efficient offense with a great O line, great play calling, great coaching, and also a high volume situation. Cause usually it doesn't match up where usually sometimes offenses are so efficient. They don't need to throw the ball as much. That's not going to be the case with Tampa because, I mean, we talked about it with the running backs. It's kind of a mess back there. So I imagine even with the defense that they have, they're still going to be a very pass-happy team. I've got Mike Evans at 14. I've got Godwin at 20 and A.B. at 32. And Godwin's further down, I think, than most people just because, again, I I know the volume will be there. But in the red zone, I, I, I went through all of this last year in my head too. And in my in my head for Brady – he had Edelman forever, right? Godwin's the Edelman in the Brady scheme, not in the Arian scheme, but in the Brady mindset. He never threw to Edelman in the red zone ever because he had Gronk, he had big wide receivers, or he had James White or a running back. He has all of those pieces in the red zone and on the goal line. Now, in between the 20s, Godwin could have four catches every drive. Uh, so PPR, it helps. But the, the touchdown upside is going to be down. AB could take the top off. I think he's unbelievable in the red zone, getting open as well. And Godwin, unfortunately... Uh, has been beat up. He's missed six games in the last two years as well with a you know a variety of injuries, unfortunately. Concussion, uh, his finger, hamstrings, things like that. So I've gotten a little bit lower, but I'm with you. Evans is my top guy. All right, let's talk about King Gronk and you know O.J. Howard. Again, I think O.J. Howard has been – he's had hype for so many – him and Evan Ingram have been this like we know what we could have and we've never really gotten it quite yet. People are completely forget – I never hear any of the big networks talk about oj howard ever i know it's because he hasn't done anything in two three years but he was you know hyper targeted by brady before he went down and then it became gronk of course do you expect anything to go down with oj howard is he a dynasty stash he's still very young could have a second contract elsewhere if brady doesn't come back gronk's not going to come back even if brady comes back next year gronk may not as well cameron Braid's there but he's not really a fantasy relevant guy anymore how do you feel about the tight ends is it just gronk or are you going to do something with OJ Howard in, in dynasty or otherwise? I, I would say this offense is one that could probably support two like top 20 tight ends. But again, you're probably not going to get enough consistency or anything out of OJ Howard to actually want to start him in your lineup. So he's a guy that I don't mind taking as like your third tight end in a best ball league at the very end of your draft in, in OJ Howard. I agree with you on the dynasty front. I think this is a 25 year old tight end, first round, former first round pick, freak athlete. Yeah. 
The Achilles injury is definitely scary, but it's not as concerning for a tight end or a wide receiver as it is for a running back like Cam Akers. So he should be okay. He's already back on the field, even though he suffered it. I believe it was week four, week five last year. So that's encouraging to see. And uh, he's definitely going to be a big test subject for a guy like Cam Akers to see a young player come back from it. But overall, Gronk's the guy in this offense. I think he's going to be the guy that runs the most routes. He has the red zone connection with Brady. So I think he could definitely have, you know, spike weeks in terms of if you think of Jimmy Graham a couple of years ago when he was on the Seahawks and he had like 10 touchdowns, but he only had like 500, 600 yards, <laughs> I believe. I think that's about the type of ceiling that you're looking for with Gronkowski. So I don't think Gronkowski is a guy that I don't mind grabbing, but I think I would grab an upside tight end to pair with him. So if you're going to grab Gronkowski, I wouldn't just grab him and think he's going to be your tight end all season. I would grab a guy like Cole Komet, a guy like Irv Smith, maybe um, anybody later in the draft that has some upside, Johnny Smith or something like that just to see if you can kind of interchange those tight ends week over week. And I think this absolute ceiling for Gronkowski is like a top seven, eight tight end. And if Komet, if Jonu or Irv Smith hit their ceilings, they could probably fit in a little bit higher than that. So I think that's a, a decent, if you're going to fade tight end, I think it's a decent uh, strategy. Gronk and Jared Cook are two veteran guys that I find myself grabbing late in drafts. Yeah, Troutman, uh, Everett is another guy that I'm looking at. Evan Ingram has fallen all the way down at this point as well. Uh, you know, it doesn't take much for, for a tight end, right? I mean, Gronk could have 45, you know, 5,500 and five or six, and he's going to be top 12. Uh, that's not week winning or not league winning, but it's good upside there in general. And although the burst might be gone or hampered because of the Achilles, uh, we do know that OJ Howard is extremely athletic and we just need to see, we saw glimpses with, uh, Jameis Winston just a couple years ago. How do you feel about the, t uh, tight ends really quick here? We do have a question. Uh, the Chosen Rose has a question for us, guys. I'll get to in just a second. So Chosen Rose, hang on the line here. We'll get to you in just a second before we get into the Panthers. But Dave, quick thoughts on the uh, tight end situation with Gronk and or OJ Howard in a dynasty league. Are you taking a risk? Are you stashing them or are you just you've seen enough? Uh, I'm a million percent stashing OJ Howard in a dynasty league. But I think you just said 550 and five for Gronk, which is almost precisely what I have him projected at. Nice. It was funny just to hear you say that. I have him projected for 69 targets because how could you not? It's Gronk, sure. you know, 69 yeah. was the perfect number for him. So, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, overall, I think that he's going to get about half the targets, tight end targets on the team. I've got OJ Howard for maybe like 35% of the tight end targets on the team and the re the remainder will basically go to Cameron Brate, maybe a couple of red zone targets for Cameron Brate. That's sort of where he's made his hay throughout his career. But yeah, I, like I, I definitely, I definitely think that OJ Howard's worth a stash in dynasty. I, I like it. And again, you know, Tom Brady wants fresh bodies out there and maybe, you know, Gronkowski has been all world and George Kittle and Kelsey. These guys are who they are because they're great pass catchers. But in fantasy, we don't care about this. But the reason they're as good as they are in NFL circles is because they're also elite blockers. Gronkowski is one of the best blocking tight ends of all time, not yeah. to mention what he does catching the ball. So having him on the field in, in red zone positions, third downs to protect and stuff is massive. And running two sets, right, there, O.J. Howard and Gronk each on the, on the field at the same time is going to be massive there. So I agree. Stash O.J. Howard. And uh, look at Kronk. I mean, you know, why not? Uh, in best ball, at least, he's a good guy to, to stash. Yeah. Okay, guys, before we take a quick break, I'm going to pay some bills here with some sponsors. But before that, we do have the Chosen Rose 
who has chimed in here. I'm going to bring the question up on the screen. I'll read it out to you guys really quickly. So for the podcasters have an idea of what we're talking about. I'm also going to go over some quick NFC ADP up to the minute ADP to give us an idea about this question. And then Corey, we'll start with you with your answer. And then uh, Dave will go to you as well. All right. Chosen Rose. I'm the 12th pick in a 12 team league. I have no clue who to pick at 12 and 13 on that turn. I don't want a wide receiver. I'm thinking of two choices. I have two running backs or a running back and a QB, maybe an elite tight end as well. I'll just throw that out there. Is Eckler and Gibson or Najee Harris, Mahomes, are those some of the guys that you want to look at? Let me throw out some ADP before we get into this. Currently for NFC high stakes ADP in the you know 12th turn there, it's roughly Eckler, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Stephon Diggs, Nick Chubb, and Antonio Gibson and Najee Harris going in that general area. I will throw out there that I'm looking at PPR. Uh, Chosen Rose, I'm looking on here, does not mention if it's PPR or not. Let's assume it's at least half PPR. Uh, Doesn't want a wide receiver. Too early for a quarterback. Um, Didn't mention it was super flex either. So let's go with single quarterback, PPR. How are you feeling about on that turn, Corey? Yeah, so we actually, just a quick plug, we actually just put out our top 10 running back rankings, 11 through 20 will be out tomorrow. So if you are dead set on a running back, I highly encourage you to go check out that video. At the 12-13 turn, you should be able to get some of those back-end top 10 guys, uh, given the fact that a Kelsey, Adams, Hill, some of those wide receivers are going to go ahead of your pick and should push some of those running backs down the board. So currently from 7 through 12 at my running back rankings, I have Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler as my running backs, and then Nick Chubb immediately following those guys. So that's the order of the running backs I would go. What you're probably going to be looking at, I'd imagine Zeke Elliott and Aaron Jones probably off the board. So if you can start your draft, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, and Jonathan Taylor, any one of the any two of those three would be uh, would be great to go at the uh, the back of that draft. Like um, Sky said, though, if it is super flex, that throws a wrench into it. You can definitely go quarterback there, but in a single quarterback, it's a little early for. Mahomes or Jackson, whoever you're looking for. Dave? Right. Yeah, I can't take a quarterback there if it's not a super flex league. But uh, I would absolutely geek out if Austin Eckler was available for me at the turn. I actually have Austin Eckler as my RB3 on the season. I'm probably one of the most bullish on Austin Eckler. So I would lose my mind if I could get him there. But yeah, a lot of the other guys, uh, Gibson, Najee Harris, those are beautiful picks. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, you know, at the turn would be really good. Uh, there's a lot of RB value to be had at that time. So I've got I've got Eckler at six. I love the three pick. Damn, that is definitely bomb banana level spicy. Absolutely. Um, I've got him at six. Uh, I like this a lot. I will throw one more wrench here and we'll move in. Uh, let's assume Kelsey's gone. Would you guys regular, not tight end premium, regular tight end, would you consider – Darren Waller with that second round pick or a George Kittle. Are you an early tight end guy? Cause with that 12, 13 pick, you have another 24 until you pick again. They're both probably going to be gone in the second, third round. Kelsey's going to be gone for sure. Also, they mentioned they don't want a wide receiver, but I'll throw out there. Tyreek Hill could fall. Stephon Diggs, new Hopkins. I mean, Ridley, Medcalf, Jefferson, AJ Brown. You have anybody you want there, the pick of the litter, but would you consider a Darren Waller slash George Kittle? or one of those top wide receivers, are you strictly going with that back-to-back running back? Uh, Let's make it, you know, 15 seconds or less, Corey. Uh, I have Waller as my 24th overall player, so no, I would not pick him that high. As much as I think he is a huge advantage at the position, I can't pass on potential stud, legendary upside workhorse running backs like Gibson, like Harris, like Taylor, 
like Eckler and some of those other guys. So I wouldn't personally take a tight end that high. Dave? Uh, I wouldn't take a tight end that high either. I mean, the only one that I would take at the turn would be Kelsey, but I agree it's likely that he'd be gone at that point. Um, although, if I could get Stefan Diggs there, I'd consider a wide receiver for sure. Yep. They did mention, I don't want a wide receiver. It's in the question, so I'm leaving it out. I, I skipped I, it because I, of that. <laughs> I, I also would go high upside running back, uh, uh, Gibson, Mixon, if he falls, in my opinion, Aaron Jones, Eckler, even a Chubb, Najee Harris, whatever. And I would go top end wide receiver but I get it if you want to go double running backs. But unless it's a super flex, we're all going to pass on quarterback and uh, looks like tight end as well, unless, of course, Kelsey falls. But at this point, he's a top six pick in PPR, which is insane. All right, boys, let's take a quick pause. I appreciate it. If you're just joining in, I have Corey Bushland coming in from the Fantasy Stock Exchange and my man Dave Stewart as well coming in. And uh, we are talking Buccaneers and Panthers. Bush just laid it down with the Bucks. Always appreciate your work, my man. I'm going to take a quick break, pay some bills. You guys get a quick water break. I'll kick you off. We'll come back in just a couple seconds and knock out the Carolina Panthers. All right, y'all. So we are going to get into it first here. I want to give a shout out right off the bat here to a new sponsor of the podcast, and that is Expand the Box Score. Expand the Box Score, you've heard about it a lot. Bobby Lamarco is a writer for Expand the Box Score. This is incredible. This is an advanced statistics website that we have access to. Great sponsor of the program. We have the promo code TCK per usual. You get $5 off. They're offering this for $25 for a year subscription of analytical uh, breakdowns and advanced statistics. You get $5 off, so it's $20 for the entire season. Pro Football Focus has a similar package, as we all know, for about $200 on the season, you're looking at drop back data, yards after the catch, a dot first downs, you know, uh, contested catch rates, whatever you're looking for, snap share percentages, whatever it is, you get it here with expand the box score. Again, promo code TCK five dollars off. You get a four day free trial. You can try it out. If you don't like it, you can shut it down. Otherwise, it's just twenty dollars for the entire season. Next up, I want to give a shout out, of course, to the Jersey Jungle. It's official. My order is in the mail. I will do it, be doing an unboxing for you early next week. When I get my jerseys, I'm very excited about it. Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM them at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. Once again, if you're new to the program, these are authentic jerseys that you find on NBA, MLB, NFL.com, NHL.com. Same exact replica jerseys. They're just half the price. All right, half the price. This is not a scam. These are not from overseas. These are not the shitty kind that come off in the dryer. These are stitch and twill, high quality jerseys. Any sport, home or away, retro throwback. They have camo versions. They have um, commemorative versions with patches and things on them. Rookies for the NFL are starting to come out as well. You got the uh, MLB is starting to get into playoffs. Just got done with the ML. Um, uh, NBA season, NHL, if that's your cup of tea as well. Hit up the Jersey Jungle. My man Trenton will take care of you. DM them on Instagram. That's where they handle their business. The Jersey Jungle. Tell them TCK sent you 10 to 15% off of your order. And finally, we have Red Zone Draft Boards. Draftwithredzone.com. TCK for 10% off. If you're new to this one and you're doing a live draft this season, you have to check out Red Zone Draft Boards. You get a 3 by 5 draft board. 20 teams available. or excuse me, 20 rounds deep, 14 teams available. You get all the color-coordinated playoff and team sheets, of course. You got green, blue, red, purple, yellow, all color-coordinated for 
your positions. So when you look at the board, you can tell who's got this many receivers, running backs, tight ends, whatever it is. They have a ring that's about a $50 value by itself. You get that included here. You also have some smack talk boards. You get putty for the wall so you don't rip it off with duct tape. You can check out draftwithredzone.com. Red Zone Draft Boards, draftwithredzone.com for your live Red Zone Draft Kit. Once again, hit up Expand the Box Score, Jersey Jungle, and Red Zone Draft Boards. All right, boys, let's bring it back here and get into the Carolina Panthers. Now, this is this is a tricky team. Yes. Just two years ago, of course, I mean, look, we'll get into Christian McCaffrey, obviously, we have to. But Christian McCaffrey's in a league of his own, and he, he kind of breaks all of the metrics. But when you look at the rest of this team, last year we had Teddy B, 11 total passing touchdowns. That's unbelievable. Like, how does that even happen? And then we have Mike Davis come in. I know you're going to cover a lot of these things, but Mike Davis comes in, does pretty well, but can't handle necessarily the entire workload. Christian McCaffrey only played three games. We have a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach. We have Robbie Anderson coming in as well. Now we get Sammy D. Is he going to be able to bounce back from his Jets days with uh, Adam Gase, third overall pick just a couple years ago out of USC? Big-time question marks in Carolina. Revamped defense. Just two years ago, they had all of their eight picks in the NFL draft on defense. And they continued that again this year. They bring in Terrace Marshall, who I'm crazy about. Uh, Tommy Tremble as well, who could be somebody later at the tight end position. A lot going on in Carolina. Dave, I'll let you take it away. Let's start with Sammy D. Comes over from New York. It's a fresh start with Carolina. I'm super rooting for this kid. I loved him at USC. I'm a Pac-12 guy. I watch a lot of you know football after dark, as they call it, on the West Coast. I like this kid a lot. Got a bum deal with the Jets. Never really had a chance. But unfortunately for Sam... The numbers don't lie. He was just absolutely abysmal one way or another. Can he bounce back uh, with a new start in Carolina? Well, I mean, you said it. He never really reached those uh, levels that we anticipated when he was uh, drafted by the Jets. Although he was under the guidance of Adam Gase, who is a notorious offensive just choker at this point, you know. Uh, in a crumbling franchise with the Jets. I mean, the Jets are really, they have been struggling in the way that they've built this team. But I do, I do think that Sam Darnold makes a little bit of a comeback this year. I think he breaks all of his career highs in passing categories. Uh, and I may actually underbill him a little bit as a rusher. I mean, he's certainly no uh, Lamar Jackson or anything, but he can move. He can move a little bit. He can scoot out there and he should be able to get maybe 300 yards rushing on the season, something in that ballpark. But I think, you know, he's his peak as a, his touchdown peak has been 19 so far. I've got him for 25 touchdowns this year. So I think that bumps it up a little bit. I don't think he had weapons like he had, like he has now when he was with the Jets. I mean, you look at Christian McCaffrey, I mean, is arguably the best player in fantasy football. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Robbie Anderson. He's got Terrace Marshall, like you just talked about. Uh, it's this is this is what it all hinges on for Carolina. Does does Sam Darnold put it together, or does he continue to struggle? But yeah, I believe I believe Sam Darnold is going to put up his career bests in the passing categories this season. I I agree. Corey, thoughts on Sammy D? Yeah, the the really the really scary thing about Sam Darnold to me is we wrote an entire article for our draft guide basically called like everything you need to know about offensive line play in uh, 2021 fantasy football and I'm actually going to be releasing a video about it in a couple of days going over the article uh basically but 
The sketchy thing to me about the Carolina Panthers is that I have their offensive line ranked 31st in the NFL. Only the New York Giants with a worse offensive line. I, I, I don't I, I don't see any above average starters on that unit. And Sam Darnold is not a guy that thrives under pressure. He's a guy that panics, he's chaotic and creates, you know, turnover worthy plays under pressure. So I, I really see a feast or famine outcome in this Sam Darnold thing. I see a Ryan Tannehill ceiling, and I also see, you know, worse Kyle Allen, what we saw in 2019. And that's fine for Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Allen was enough to let Christian McCaffrey put up the greatest fantasy running back season we've ever seen. But Sam Darnold to me is a, is a big time question mark. I have a dynasty share of him, so I'm hoping it works out. Uh, it works out for the guy, but he he's he really didn't show a lot in New York, and he didn't have a fair shake. Nobody's denying that, but it's a really it's a really tough scene in Carolina, especially for protection wise. I think that's his, his biggest problem as a quarterback is under pressure. So if he had went to a team, you know, like like your Niners or something like that, that would have been a lot better with a, a better offensive line in front of him. So a little bit sketchy from the protection front. I love that you bring up the offensive line. We don't talk about it a lot in we, the general we in fantasy football, but I am a big offensive line guy. I, I, I talk about the big fellas as often as we can. And uh, unfortunately, you are correct, Corey. Um, Pro Football Focus releases their uh, offensive line rankings every single season as well. And actually, they have the Panthers one higher than you do. Uh, they have them at 30th, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, unfortunately for Najee Harris at 31. <laughs> and then of course, unanimously the uh, giants at 32. So not a lot of elite good. running backs there with bad offensive lines. Yes, it is. We will see what we will see what happens. There's a lot of studies out there on if the running back in fantasy actually needs the offensive line. I tend to think that they do. We will seem to find out this year, but they're right there. Uh quick. Let, we'll finish up on, on Sam Darnold here since 2018, Sam Darnold is top four in the NFL in terms of interceptable pass rate, not good. So not in interceptions per se, but interceptable passes. 3.2% of his passes are interceptable. In 2019, that was his career season. So far, he has not played more than 13 games. That's a problem. He's got to stay healthy for a full year. Completion percentage, just 62% career high. That's got to go up to 65, 67 minimum. 3,200, uh, excuse me, 3,024 yards in 2019, 19 touchdowns, as Dave mentioned, 13 picks. And then uh, he has a career high last year, actually 217 yards. So if we just kind of ballpark some numbers, giving him up to 65, 67% completion percentage in 15, 16, 17 games played, give him 25 passing touchdowns, keep him at about 12, 13 interceptions, give him that 300 uh, yard floor of rushing. I like that. And maybe three rushing touchdowns that could boost him hopefully to, I don't know, quarterback, you know, 25 to 21, potentially depending on how everyone else feels out. So he's not somebody I'm looking at in single quarterback leagues, but I wouldn't mind having him as a QB three and a super flex because this upside with Joe Brady from LSU, we saw what they did in the national championship with Burrow. And then of course, Matt rule who lit it up at temple and nobody follows temple, but then it did it at Baylor as well. Um, reunites with Robbie Anderson, of course, which we'll get into. But this offense should drive the ball further downfield. They had no Christian McCaffrey, and they had Teddy Bridgewater, who's a fine NFL quarterback, but does not push the ball downfield. That could change, hopefully, this year with Sammy D. All right, let's move on here. Um, now, we're going to have some fun with this one because we got to talk about every player. It, it was kind of like when we talked about like Mahomes and Kelsey and, and Hill. we got to talk about him. Let's have some fun. Talk about Christian McCaffrey here for a second. He has managed to score 25-plus fantasy points in 10 of his last 19 games. He has also scored fewer than 19 fantasy points in just two games 
in that stretch. Last year, of course, he only played three games, but he averaged over 30 PPR points in those three games. 2019, though, 1,387 rushing yards, 1,005 receiving yards, the third player all time to rush for 1,000 and receive 1,000 yards, of course, far and away running back number one. Pop quiz, gentlemen, who was the first running back in NFL history to Roger rush? Craig. Yeah, I know, I know this. Uh, he, the other one was Marshall Falk. Yes, I knew this too. I just, I just had a, I just had Corey, to throw out, hold on, hold on. just had, just had to throw out my man Roger Craig because he is terribly underrated and all. I'm a football historian. You, won't I know get you are. I know it was kind of cheating, bro. It. He's not, he's not in the Hall of Fame. It, it crushes my soul because he was such a huge part of that dynasty. I rest my case. Marshall Falk, Roger Craig, the only two running backs in NFL history to rush for and receive 1,000 yards in a season. We'll see if that happens again this year. We'll get to you, Dave. Anything to talk about with Christian McCaffrey that uh, nobody else knows yet? I'm not going to open anybody's eyes to anything new with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, like I said before, we know he's arguably the best player in fantasy football. Uh, he's going to be, if not the leading scorer, darn close to the leading scorer overall in your league. Uh, if you have the first pick, I would recommend using it on Christian McCaffrey in virtually any league that's not a super flex. So. I'll throw this out. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about this then because the only actual debate you can have with Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is the one-on-one in super flex. Do you want Patrick Mahomes or do you want Christian McCaffrey? In, in Dynasty, maybe we'll mix things up too, but let's say redraft, you're on the clock, one-on-one, super flex. Uh, we'll go with both of you guys. Do you want Patrick Mahomes or do you want Christian McCaffrey? Dave, we'll start with you. No, if I'm in the 101 in a super flex league, I'm taking a quarterback. It's probably Mahomes. Yeah, that sounds good for me. Bush? I'll take CMC in 0.2 seconds and not think twice about it because I, I'm kind of with you. I'm Christian, with you. Christian that. McCaffrey is uh, the the best fantasy asset since Marshall Falk, Ladanian Tomlinson. There is really, he's really unmatched. That, uh, that 2019 season, he had one game of under 15 fantasy points. Shout out to my Buccaneers defense. We were responsible for that game, but. <laughs> It is. It's really hard to to go against Christian McCaffrey. There, this guy was legitimately twenty five three hundred or three thousand more expensive on any DFS site that you would look at during that season. And last year he was even better when he was on the field than he was in two thousand nineteen. He only played three games, of course, but he scored six touchdowns in those three games. He was averaging <laughs> twenty seven fantasy points per game. I don't care. The Panthers' offensive line is terrible. The Christian McCaffrey is a lock for one hundred twenty plus targets. Sam Darnold is going to have not a lot of time back there, and it's just going to be checked down city to Christian McCaffrey. And, of course, we know this guy can create after the catch. He's phenomenal um, on the ground as well. And whether his offensive line gets pushed for him or not, he's going to create big plays because he's simply that good. So there is, to me, there is really no, there's really no concern with, with Christian McCaffrey. And, and the Chosen Rose actually just said, you're not nervous about Sam Darnold and re-injury for CMC. So on the injury front, he had a high ankle sprain. The high ankle sprain – healed it's not an injury that's going to linger over the course of the season i'd be in i'd be worried about the injury if cmc had just sustained this injury in training camp but he had over a full year after the injury happened it happened like week three of last year he came back to play towards the end of the season i think if the panthers were actually in the thick of things if they were in a playoff race they probably would have kept playing christian mccaffrey instead of sitting him on the bench so i'm not nervous whatsoever about the injury and like i said for sam darnold i Christian McCaffrey is so involved in the passing game that it virtually doesn't matter what happens around him. I agree. My my thing is nobody is Patrick Mahomes, but in a quarterback position, we've seen Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, all those guys were over Mahomes the last couple of years. 
you can quote unquote replace Mahomes in the second round if you go CMC and come on the turn. You're not going to replace Christian McCaffrey. Period. At that point, sure. with running backs, that's the difference in in, in superflex. That being said, I like the 102 in a in a super flex because I love my consolation prize, whichever one it is, and I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> but at 101, I'm with you. I'm going to go CMC. All right, Dave, let's get into these wide receivers here. We got a fun bunch. We got Robbie Anderson, who teams back up with Sam Darnold. They had the Jets days, of course. Also, that goes under the rug a little bit here. Robbie Anderson played for Matt Rule back in Temple in college as well. DJ Moore, incredible wide receiver, but can't get those touchdowns. Just four total in each of the last two seasons. And my man, Terrace Marshall, one of my favorite wide receivers in this draft class. How do you feel about the wide receivers here in Carolina? Well, I like him. Like I said, I think this is the best uh, wide receiving core that Sam Darnold has ever been. Oh yeah, uh, you know, been been equipped with. Uh, I think they're all good. I think that Robbie Anderson. I think that we're. I, I feel like a lot of people are underestimating that Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold have a history. I like that you brought that up when you mentioned it. You know, um, that when they were together, that's when Robbie Anderson was a desirable fantasy asset. I think that DJ Moore is ready for a breakout season this year. I really have him right there on the cusp of, of a wide receiver one. Um, I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's going to be heavily targeted. Terrace Marshall is arguably the most talented rookie wide receiver this year. Uh, I know that's kind of a big statement or, or maybe not, but uh, I really like his skill set. I really think that if we hadn't seen Justin Jefferson on the team at the same time as him, that he would be uh, even more touted coming in. You know, he just happened to to coincide when he was at LSU with Justin Jefferson, who's arguably an, an all-time wide receiver already. And so I, I really like the whole set setup. I like Shai Smith. I like David Moore. I think they go really deep at wide receiver, and that's why I'm – bullish on Sam Darnold having a lot of passing yards this year and a lot of passing touchdowns. I like it. It's a great call. And of course you can't leave out Jamar, uh, Jamar chase also, uh, with the LSU. Now he sat out last year, I, I love Jamar um, chase, too. Yeah. but in that 2019 season also out there. Yeah. Just absolutely dominant. Robbie Anderson, um, more consistency than we expected. I think last year, not quite that boomer bust that we saw in New York, 15 and a half, half PPR points. Um, and uh, no less than eight uh, in his games. Nearly 100 catches. He had 95 on 136 targets and over 1,000 yards. But again, just three touchdowns. DJ Moore, three wide receivers who have finished with 93-plus yards in eight separate games last year. Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, and DJ Moore. The talent is immense. We know that. Uh, nearly 1,200 yards in his first two seasons, but just four touchdowns in each. And then again, Terrace Marshall, big slot receiver potentially. He's got history with Joe Brady back to LSU. He was three catches for 88 yards in his preseason debut with the Panthers. I love that. And Sam Darnold targets the slot. Jamison Crowder was desirable also with the Jets back um, in uh, 2019, Crowder's best season. He had 78 catches on 122 targets, 833 yards, and six touchdowns for the PPR wide receiver, 26. So if you can get that out of a third-string rookie, that would be pretty nice. Bush, any other thoughts here on the wide receivers for Carolina? Right. It all kind of comes back to the Sam Darnold thing for me. I, I really... DJ Moore is the one I'm the most bullish on simply because he's the best player, I think. And as much as I, I like Terrace Marshall, I'm not quite as high on Terrace Marshall as you two are, it seems. 
I think between those three guys and the fact that Christian McCaffrey is back this year, I don't think we're going to see Robbie Anderson achieve 135 plus targets like we saw last year. I think that was kind of as a result of McCaffrey being out of the lineup and not that Mike Davis is a zero in the passing game, but he's obviously not Christian McCaffrey. So I think the target distribution, the fact that we saw three top 36 wide receivers last year with more with Samuel and with Anderson, I highly doubt that's going to happen again. I trust the scheme and I trust the offense to be able to put up a little bit more than we expect from the, uh, the ability of the quarterback and the ability of the offensive line. But overall, the thing that it comes down to for, for Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall specifically is how many touchdowns is Sam Darnold going to throw? It's already been a problem for DJ Moore in his career. He's never had more than like five touchdowns in a season. It's the reason he's never been able to crack that top 12 range in fantasy. He's always been kind of stuck in the 12 to 18 range at wide receiver, which is fine. But in that range of the draft with DJ Moore with Robbie Anderson, there's individual upside plays that I just like a lot more. So I don't find myself getting a lot of exposure to this Carolina Panthers offense because at the DJ Moore spot, I would rather take one of these Buccaneers receivers. I would rather take Cooper Cup. I would rather take some of these other guys that have more touchdown ceiling for sure and more consistency week over week from the fact that the offense, I think, is going to be better in all those guys' situations. And then Robbie Anderson, he goes around Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy, which I'm never not going to take those guys when they're on the board. So I, I don't get a lot of exposure to Robbie Anderson unless he he falls down. But Marshall is a guy that I take you know, late in drafts in the 12th, 13th round, but I have a feeling his ADP is going to be rising pretty soon. I agree, man. He's uh he's another great talent, another incredible LSU wide receiver. So eventually he's kind of buried in that, in that muck coming out this last couple of years. Um, but I think he's a great talent and, and it'll happen eventually. Not much to talk about with the tight ends in Carolina, but I do want to mention Dan Arnold comes over, started with the saints, goes to the Cardinals, had a couple flashes, I don't expect big things out of him, but he now is on the Panthers. I just wanted to mention that he's a former wide receiver converted to a tight end. And I know I'm not into coaches speak. Anybody that listens to this show with any frequency knows that I'm not somebody that regurgitates a lot of coaching speak, unless it's negative stuff, because I actually believe that shit. I don't always believe the positive stuff this year, but I do want to mention a quote um, that offensive coordinator, Joe Brady said earlier about the tight end position in general, and it could help out potentially. Um, a late round stab at um, Dan Arnold. Uh, this is from Joe Brady. Basically the coaching tree that I grew up in, the tight ends are the most important position on the field, the matchups that we create and everything. It's been a point of emphasis this off season, just trying to get those guys going in the passing game. And I think those guys will have what it takes to get it and run with it. So kind of generic, but at the same time, like we saw nothing from the Panthers after a decade of Greg Olson being dominant with Cam Newton. And we saw nothing last year, um, unfortunately, from the tight end position as a whole in Carolina. Dan Arnold's out there. Um, they bring in Tommy Trumbull as well. They, they drafted him, you know, just kind of a late round uh, flyer, I guess, in Dynasty or whatever. But is there anything to expect from the tight end position also in what should be a much, much, much improved offense either way this year in Carolina? I'm not looking for too much out of Dan Arnold, you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily draft him as my tight end unless you're playing in an absolute must start two tight end league. Uh, but he is kind of like a big wide receiver. You know, he's got some pass catching ability. I do think what this means for him coming over is that if you're stashing Ian Thomas on any of your dynasty leagues, it's, you can let that go. Uh, so I think it spells the end for Ian Thomas uh, potential, but yeah, there's not going to be a lot of, a lot of, 
action out of the tight end position on this team. I think that Ben Arnold would be doing well to get the 500 yards this season. Uh, I don't really have him projected for quite that much, but that's probably about a ceiling in my opinion. Dave, Dave, before we move on to Corey here, anything additional about the Carolina Panthers we may not have brought up yet? Chuba Hubbard. You know, uh, I don't project injury, so I should say, you know, the, all my projections about Christian McCaffrey and anybody for that matter is them is contingent on them playing every game. But Chuba Hubbard is a high-value injury replacement in case something does happen to Christian McCaffrey. I I like him as a late stab in drafts. You know, if you can get him late, it's a good – he's a much more talented back to me than Mike Davis – so, and we saw what Mike Davis did when Christian McCaffrey was out. So I think that's worth, it's worth a shot. If you can get him late in drafts, uh, a really good dart throw. Corey, anything additional with the Carolina Panthers slash going back to the bucks that we may have looked over? Uh, no, nothing. I just want to comment on Chuba Hubbard just cause I got to stand for my Canadian lad here. Uh, I'm pretty sure I really I, I really wanted your Niners to take Chuba Hubbard in the draft because I thought he was a perfect fit for your for your offense. I wanted them to be like third, fourth round pick where they took Trey Sermon to be Chuba yeah. Hubbard. Anyway, that was just kind of a side note. I think, you know, he's he's the handcuff to Christian McCaffrey if anybody wants to take a stab at him. In my opinion, I don't think there's really anything else. So one thing I will say about uh tight ends in Carolina, Tommy Tremble's a guy that I have as a taxi squad stash on a yeah. couple dynasty leagues. He's like a fourth round pick in rookie draft. So He's a guy that I think had a lot of physical ability at Notre Dame. He didn't really get to showcase it because he was playing behind Cole Komet a couple of years. And then Michael Mayer, who's like a very high-end recruit, who's still there right now. He was playing behind him as well. So not a lot of production for Tommy Tremble, but he's a good athlete. So I decided to stash him. He got, you know, third-round draft capital. So he's an interesting name from Dynasty perspective. And, of course, in the Dynasty perspective, especially at tight ends, it usually takes a couple of years mm-hmm. if your name is not Kyle Pitts to develop. So those are the kind of like Adam Troutman, I stashed everywhere last year, just basically thinking Jared Cook's going to move on no matter what happens to Breeze, you're going to need a tight end in that system. And now I know we didn't see a lot in the preseason game, but Adam Troutman's one of the highest kind of sleeper breakout guys in the tight end position. And he was, he's on my taxi squad in like four dynasty leagues because I got him in the fifth round of, of dynasty drafts, you know, so take those stabs gentlemen it's been an absolute pleasure bush it's always great to have you back man i know you've been grinding super hard this summer always appreciate your time so shouts out to you danny and the rest of the stock exchange crew before uh, we get out of here please remind all the tck potters where we can find the abundance of all of your content yeah so primarily on youtube youtube.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange we're doing videos pretty much every day as i mentioned we had top 10 running backs we're getting through like really the clickbait content nowadays right it's all the 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 running back rankings the wide receiver rankings next week we got the you know the sleepers the bust the breakouts all the the stuff that everybody's looking for this time of year because that's you know that's how you you grow in this this time of the season everybody's looking for the for the stuff that they're looking for so we're being a man of the people so if you guys want to check us out you can check us out on there if you guys want any practice drafting uh you can go to underdogfantasy.com you can use code fse when you sign up and you'll get uh, an additional $25 on top of the $10 minimum that you have to deposit on there. And you'll actually get both of our draft guides for free. So if I, you know, provided you some, any, any value in this, this, uh, this podcast, you can get my rankings. You can get Danny's rankings. You can get our dynasty rankings. You can get all of our sleepers our boss breakouts, databases, strategy articles, all that stuff's in our draft guide. And you can get that basically for depositing $10 on a site that you can win money with that $10. 
Deposit 10, get 35. That sounds like pretty good math to me. Bush, it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming on every single time. Get some rest, my man. Make sure you hydrate over there. I appreciate you across the border, man. Take care of yourself. And Dave, my man, first time on the podcast here. You did a hell of a job. I appreciate you jumping on. I'm glad you had a great time out at the expo. I'm, I'm definitely envious of this. Please let us know where we can find all of your content too, my man. Well, if you follow me on Twitter at Dave Fantasy, you'll find all my content. I write for In Between Media. I'm a columnist there. That's at IBT underscore media. Uh, you can all, we also have a draft guide out with our complete projections, our rankings, our breakouts, busts, all-ins, everything. So you will definitely appreciate that if you pick that up. I'm also writing for Contender Connection. That's contenderconnection.com. And profootballmania.com, that's where you'll find me. Uh, and I appreciate anybody who wants to read what I'm writing. So that makes me happy. Both of you gentlemen are extremely busy. We are here on the TCK as well, five episodes per week. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you. Anyone that is not yet dialed in, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod. Leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to the TCK pod and the Believe Podcast Network's very happy to be a part of that squad. And also, we are starting something brand new this week. We're very, very excited to drop that. Bobby and I will be with you this Saturday for some special content. Stay tuned on that as well. And you can, of course, give us a uh, hit the uh, bell here and give us a subscribe on YouTube also for the Candlestick Kids if you're on the podcast side. I want to give a shout-out one more time to expand the box score. Red Zone Draft Boards and the Jersey Jungle are sponsors for today. I want to appreciate you guys for coming on. This episode and all episodes of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast are brought to you by Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag or use the mobile app for all of your bet online services. Bet Online, your online sports betting experts. Appreciate you guys for Dave Stewart, my man Corey Bushland. I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.